This is Declan Shalvi, and you're listening to The Superior Comic Show. Don't freeze. You are about to die at the hands of the children of Thanos. Come on, Spider-Man! Earth is closed today. We don't want to kill you, but we will. This is a man. Hello and welcome to the Superior Comic Show, the Irish podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your host Peter and on the show today we have artist and writer Declan Shelby. Welcome to the show Declan. Thanks very much for having me. So we're going to get right into it, let's uh, start in the present. You have an issue of The Immortal Hulk titled Flatline coming out in the new year which you wrote and illustrated which is huge. It's been, in my opinion, one of the most consistent books Marvel has been putting out. So what can you tell us about the issue or the process of making, taking over the issue of such a big title? Well, I mean, uh, it'll be less consistent now because uh, it's not written by Al or drawn by um, uh, Joe Bennett. <laughs> um, well, it, it, I wouldn't say I'm taking it over because um, the book's going on regardless. But what um, Marvel have done are these uh, cool one-shots. So they had one out. I don't know if you've read it yet. And the one Jeff Lemire and Mike Del Mundo did. That came out, i say last month, maybe the month before. But um, So they're doing these kind of fun one-shots that take place in that world that are kind of complementary to the main book that's that's happening, you know? Um, but, um, sorry, was the actual question. Sorry, uh, I, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> I know you might be, you have to keep it close to your chest, but what can you tell us about what to expect in the issue and how was it taken oh, on the issue? Sure. Uh, sure. Well, um, well, it kind of, all the those stories, they kind of take place... Um, within the first few issues of the um, Immortal Hulk run. So it's kind of Bruce on, you know, getting by on the road, um, which is, sorry, my phone's uh, at me there, um, which is fun because, like, um, it's a little reminiscent of, um, of uh, if you're my age, um, um, like, you're, you're in your 20s, are you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like I'm in my 30s, so I'm old enough to remember the old um, uh, Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno, um Hulk series. Um, now, I, I, I wasn't alive in the 70s, but like when of my generation, RTE would play stuff that's from the 70s, but you'd think it's made now. Like uh, the original Batman um, 60s show when, <laughs> when, they, when RTE were playing that, I thought it was like contemporary, but... Um, so yeah, so I'm young. I'm 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 old enough to remember that show. So the kind of done in one Bruce Banner on the road, but the Hulk, you know, appears. It's kind of it's 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 actually a really fun kind of um, premise that I'm well used to, and it works within that first uh, the first couple of arcs of um, Immortal Hulk. So that was basically the remit. It was like if it could take place around that time and do whatever you like. So uh, without getting into too much, Bruce um, is basically taking um, just whatever work he can to get by and just trying to keep his head down when someone from his past uh, tracks him down and plus Hulk smash. And yeah. that's that's basically the story. Did, uh, how was it then? Kind of, how did you feel about taking on the, the issue? Hulk's a huge hero and Immortal Hulk was just, for me, it was a new concept of a kind of a horror style comic that I hadn't really seen before. Yeah, I was a bit late on Immortal because um, I, I knew it was, I remember it was coming out. I actually remember talking to Al before um, they even had an artist on the book. 
and um you know like al's a great writer him on hook like yeah that sounds great but um but then i kept hearing about how great the book was and then i finally like it was two trades in when i i caught up and it was just great absolutely fantastic it um it like i i like the hulk anyway but it's just such a great um through line it just finds this great horror hook that really res- it resonated with me a lot um like i i would i would gladly write and draw a hulk one shot but to write and draw an immortal hulk one shot is is different you know it's got a different kind of an edge to it and um i really really liked it uh i just hope i just hope al likes it i al, he hasn't seen the finished book yet so um i hope him and joe um like it because it, it's a little intimidating when a book is that good you know um if you come on as the artist people will forgive you because the writer's there uh i I think people might be less forgiving of the writing but now since i'm writing and drawing it and coloring it it's like a hundred percent on me if people if people don't like it like there's there's nobody i can blame don't worry i'll uh i'll put in more good words about al when i speak to him (laughs) yeah good thanks yeah cheers i'll I'll soften him up a bit Thanks. No, I'm sure it's going to be amazing because sticking on the topic of your writing, you released Bog Bodies this year. Oh, yeah. Completely original graphic novel. I'm going to set an hour fair nation, which is always a plus for me when it comes to reading <laughs> graphic novels. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear. I mean, that was, that was kind of the reason to do it was um, I did a book previous to that called Savage Town, which is set at Limerick. And um, part of it was like that I've been working in American comics for years, but, um, but you know, there's not that many Irish set comics outside of, like, say, Garth Ennis stuff from from the 90s and um i was in a position where i could get something made so i I thought i'd give it a go and and you know image were cool enough to publish it so after after that did well i wanted to do more and um it it just feels um i like like i love all the superheroes and all that stuff it's great fun to do but like as an artist you want to kind of be doing a bit more than that so it's it was nice to be able to kind of spread my wings a bit and like work at writing and do something that was like for me it's like i want to do something that maybe irish people would read a comic where they normally would wouldn't because it's set in ireland and americans would get to read a comic set in ireland that they wouldn't normally see um that was my goal with that and um uh you know it's 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 done what i what i wanted to do so i'm i'm, I'm pretty pleased about that well personally i'd say i really enjoyed it um thanks man i am a fan of uh i look for creators like yourself and to and when you do an original comic set in ireland it's always kind of like I need to get this. I've done it with Barry Keegan and the Bog Road, and um, and then yourself and Bog Bodies, and then Rob Curley and all his um, League of Volunteers comics as well. Yeah, well, my first uh, job was a uh, Rob Curley comic. It was um, he did a book called Freak Show uh, years ago, and um, that was running for a while with Stephen Mooney drawing it, and then Mooney got work at IDW and and suggested me for it. So I was actually my first work was with Rob. So Rob, Rob's been doing Irish comics like for for yonks yeah and uh, and like, look he yeah, his that's how barry got his start too barry did his league of volunteers and now barry's doing his own stuff so um it's great to see like people still at it you know yeah it's it's lovely to see the irish kind of still grinding there and i'm sure like if i talk to any irish comic creators they'll have good, nothing but good words to say about rob <laughs> Oh, it depends who you're talking to. <laughs> no, I just missed it. Uh, no, no, like, uh, like Rob, Rob is responsible for a lot of people. Started with be Mooney, uh, Thompson, Will Sliney was his first job as well. Uh, me, uh, just a host of people I've done work with uh, with with Rob, and it's just been a great place to um, 
for for anyone to kind of make their start, but also to get to be doing Irish material is is kind of nice too. Like like I started out doing that, and then I just went and just did lots of American stuff, and then after you know seven or eight years, you're kind of like oh, I'd like to do something Irish again. Um, but you know, I can aff- I guess I can afford to do something like that because it's not going to be huge financial success, and I can you know I've 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 done well from doing American stuff that like. I can do a comic on the side that won't make the kind of money that, say, a Marvel book would do. So we'll, you we'll know, see how this episode goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> but, but like you know, but if you're if you're starting out doing just strictly Irish material, you know, it's not like you're going to be doing. It's a small market, you know. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not like you'll have the luxury of being able to, you know, those stories. They take time and money to put together. Um, and you know, I generally make money by doing the superhero stuff. So yeah. I, I'm I'm glad I can able I'm able to kind of facilitate both. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we've established I I love that. Um, how has the I seen you're very prevalent on Twitter. How has it been received by consumers? So. Um, I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I am prevalent on Twitter. I should get off the bloody thing. But um, uh, no, great. I mean, uh, you know, part of it as well was um, is, is I wanted to see Gavin Fullerton on a book because I love his stuff. And it was the same with Phil Barrett on Savage Town. I wanted to see these Irish artists with books under them. So, you know, I was able to facilitate that, which was great. Although Gavin, Gavin ended up getting a book at Boom before that, so I can't really... I can't really take credit. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's hard to gauge, especially online, because, um, you know, like if I looked at my Twitter followers, you know, how many I have, it's not that many people who bought the book. So, you know, you don't really know who's buying the book. I don't know who, I don't know if everybody who bought the book is on Twitter and mm. follows me or if it's a completely different audience. It, it's it's so hard to know who's actually getting it. But any of the response I've gotten has been great. Um, I'm delighted, like very complimentary about the story very complimentary about gavin and, Re- and Re- uh, rebecca nolte who's colorist she's from cork so it's like doing an all, an all irish comic was great and it being so well received was great um uh like it, it did exactly what i was hoping it would do so i'm yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm dead happy with it um uh, i mean the more it sells the better because then i can use that money to make another book yeah. it's kind of how i see it basically but um, I do like the idea of kind of dipping into this world every couple of years, like, you know, doing all this other work, but like making sure I'm dipping back into the, the home well as it, is, as it were, you know, because there's also so much talent in this country as well that I, I, I wish got, a, uh, got more of a spotlight. So, uh, also, I'm hoping myself looking at Bog Bodies, Bog Road, League of Volunteers, I'd love to see the Irish comics become more worldwide popular and get rid of some of them stereotypes that we do still see with in the superhero comics when it comes to the Irish? Well, you know, I'd agree. Um, I mean, I do agree. But, uh, you know, you can hardly say there's no stereotypes in the stuff I, I've done, you know. <laughs> like, I found the older I've gotten, the more I lean into the stereotypes. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, uh, I, you don't, I don't necessarily need better representation in superhero comics. Hmm. Um, but I would like to see... With the amount of talent that's in Ireland, I would like to see so many more people have actual careers making books, which I think they could do if they got more home support, yeah. if I'm being honest. Um, like, uh, I'd try very hard to get any attention on, on Bog Bodies by Irish press. Um, not that they were against it, just it's just it's just a certain bubble. Um, it's kind of hard to break. Um, 
you know, the Arts Council doesn't support uh, Irish comics artists, um, bar- barely does at all. And for the amount of investment it takes to get a book made and the potential for it to do well, mm. I don't know. It, it, it kind of it kind of drives me mad, you know. Yeah. Um, like of all the things, like it's it's it wouldn't cost much money to fund a comic, mm. like you know, ten grand maybe to get ten to fifteen grand to get a book made, mm. and if a book did well, like with support. Uh, the way that, like, you know, I don't know, children's books or horror books, or, or th- that was the thing with Bog Buddies. I wanted to make something that was um, genre-wise was successful in Ireland. Like, like crime books are huge in Ireland. Like, yeah. you know, there are so many crime novelists and crime books uh, on, on the stand. So I was thinking, if I could make a comic that was like that, maybe you could break through a little, mm-hmm. which it doesn't seem to have. But I mean, there's, you know so many reasons for that like you know maybe i didn't do a good job marketing it or that's the other thing as well with creator on comics you're you're marketing it all on your own um you know excuse me uh, image image are their own thing they're not a they're not a corporation like marvel or dc so like getting it out there and trying to let people know about it that's the tough thing because it's not because also it's not it's not batman and it's not deadpool so nobody it's easy to sell those things now because people know what they are yeah. um but doing it, you know, doing it. Hey, I've got this comic. It's a moody story set in the Dublin mountains um, <laughs> that you don't know anything about it beforehand. It's it's hard selling people new things like that. But um, I don't know. I think I've just started rambling now. Sorry. No, right. No, I do agree with the. It doesn't seem like the Irish press doesn't seem to support comics too much. Like even myself starting out, I tried to have a look to see what other Irish media there was covering comics, and there's not that much. No, you'll find some. There's there's people who work in media who are big comic fans, yeah, and they'll get stuff out there. But I think even they're pushing against the the norms. You know, yeah. like they're they're trying to have to push to get it through. Um, which you know sucks when there's so much cover of like theater and. You know, film and like, I mean, wh- you know, why not like books? I mean, it all, it's all the same. It's all art. Yeah. You know, um, and there's so many like artists, not just, and I don't just mean small press stuff. I mean, like Nick Roach is doing Scarenthood now at IDW, Moon, Stephen Mooney with Half Past Danger. Um, I'm trying to think now. Um, you know, there's so many books from Barnes Press. You know, there's published books made by Irish creators <laughs> that like basically get more support in other countries. Yeah, frankly, you know, um, but you know, uh, there's uh, there's various cultural reasons for that too. I just, I, you know, I feel that in order to make a change, you have to kind of work to change the culture, and I've trying trying to do that in whatever part I can. You know? Yeah, uh, I'm a hero, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's hoping it works out because we need more coverage. Um, well, I mean, you know, we're we're we're. We're doing well. I don't mean we're punched for a small for the country the size that we are. We're punching above our weight in some regards. You know, like how many Irish creators are working in mainstream comics right now? There's loads. You know, loads uh, like Nate Stockman, Stephen Byrne, uh, do, 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 uh, um, uh, Phil Murphy, um, BJ Holden, um, Rory McConville. Like you know, there, I, I could probably list thirty people uh, yeah. if my brain was working right now who are actually. Working in professionally in comics in this country, like that's pretty fucking good. Like you know, um, well, yeah. For the size, you know, just like, you know, sorry. For the size of the country, like you said, that's- yeah, yeah. Like yeah. So in some ways, we're doing much better than we should. In other ways, I think I just love if we did better within our own, within our own, like like, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I sound uh, bitter, but like some singer can become 
famous in this country over nothing, make no money, but like get coverage like you wouldn't believe. Yes, people who have careers, like international careers, don't get recognized in their own country. Yeah. That, I think that, that's probably what gets me sometimes. Mm. But then again, maybe I just have a chip on my shoulder. I don't know. Like, I, I say, we just need to get you on the Late Late Toy Show. That's it. Well, Will got on the actual Late Late uh, Show a few years ago. So, you know, it has happened. I got on, um, got on uh, what you call it, uh, the Six O'Clock Show a couple of times. So, it, you know, like I said, it has happened, you know. Yeah. But it's, it is tough. Like, there does seem to be a very specific bubble with uh, Irish media, well, just to make it all work, I guess, which I can appreciate. But um, uh, yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that industry has its own challenges. You know? Yeah, um, you're talking there about uh, your start off. You mentioned that you started off with, on Freak Show. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, and like I said, I done my research. I wasn't being a creep. Um, I know you studied at um, the Limerick School of Art and Design, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, done Freak Show, obviously. But then you had that comic, um, Hero Killers, with Andy Winter. Uh, Actually, Hero Killers was first. The first. Um, Hero Killers was the very first comic I drew. Uh, and then then Freak Show came after that. Um, and I know that one won an Eagle Award for uh, favourite British uh, black and white comic. Yeah, that was a nice way to start. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, can't complain. That was, I mean, yeah, that was that was huge for me because it was a first. I mean, I've been drawing comics my whole life, but like actually finishing a story is is completely different. I started seven different Batman comics, um, but uh, t- what was really great about that was that it was a single script that had a beginning, a middle, and an end. No. Um, and I did it, and I finished it, and yeah, um, we, you know, it, it did it did it did well in the UK. Um, yeah, I won that award, which was amazing. Um, and I've never won an award since. So it's all been downhill since from there. <laughs> I'm sure there's more to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> How did you initially get that uh, break? How did... Um, yeah, um, well, I was living in Limerick at the time. Um, I was finished art college and I was kind of um, just doing odd jobs, trying to get by um, and uh, working on my portfolio. Um and I went to Bristol Comic Con in the UK. Um, went to Bristol with a portfolio under my belt, and um, I just started showing it around to different small press people. And um, one one guy was Andy, and he said, "Look, um, I can't pay you to to draw this, but if you do draw this script of mine, I'll publish it. <laughs> so if you finish it." I'll actually get it printed and we'll get it out there. And true to his words, he did. Um, I worked my arse off for, I think, like two months. And, and like now, 30, I just did a 30-page book for Marvel. This was, I think it was 30, it was 30 or 20 pages, but, like, it was so hard. <laughs> um, uh, just because... It's just a lot of work. Drawing comics is a lot of work. And it's my first time having done that amount of pages it, like of one story. Um, but I did do it, and... Um, uh, and he published it and pushed it around. So and, and so, like, so that wasn't even a job. I didn't. Even, I, I, I never even got paid for that. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I'm sure Andy didn't make any money either. So, um, but he got to tell his story, and I got to tell my story, and it was, it was something that I could show to people and go, "This is what I can do," rather than have a portfolio of pages under your belt. Which, you know, no offense to ever to everyone is doing that, but like that doesn't make you a comic yeah. artist. It makes you, and um, you know, there's a step between that and actually, actually telling the story. Um, and that uh, that that opportunity that gave me the opportunity to prove myself. And when did um, you first get the contact from Marvel? Because I know you've written, you've illustrated a lot of books for Marvel, including Deadpool and Winter Soldier. Um, you've gone down through probably most of the big names now at this stage. 
Yeah, it's it's mad. Um, I think I'm at Marvel ten years now, and I realised um, there's still plenty of characters I've never really, I never got a proper stab at. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I was going to conventions in the states, and I I had been working on a book called Twenty Eight Days Later, which was a it was a continue. It was like a story that connected the Twenty Eight Days Later film with the Twenty Eight Weeks Later film. And I was I was like halfway through that book, and then enjoying it. And um, so I was actually getting stuff published in America, which was great. Um, so I went over to a convention in the states, and I met a writer called Jeff Parker, and he was writing Thunderbolts for Marvel at the time. And he was really nice. And um, he, he knew my work, and he asked if I he asked me if I wanted to. Um, I told the story record time, so sorry if anybody heard this before. But um, he said um, he said if you want, I could send your work to Marvel. And I said, I ah, know, no, I can't be asking you to do that. And <laughs> um, I got pure Dougal about it. Like, he was <laughs> like, no, no. Because again, as well, Americans don't get that self-deprecating thing. Yeah. You know, and um, and I was like, I mean, of course I wanted him to do it, but I couldn't say that, you know. I wasn't raised that way. Um, <laughs> so I was like, ah, no, no, that'd be, that'd be, I'd be imposing, imposing on you to do that. He's like, you wouldn't be imposing, like he, I'm, I'm actually offering, you know. Um, so I and uh, so a friend of mine uh, from I remember he's from Canada. He was like, just shut up, say yes please and thank you. So I did, and sure enough, Jeff did send it on to Marvel. And um, as it turns out, they needed a two issue fill in on the Thunderbolts book um, to help out with the main artist. So um, that was my that was my first shot at Marvel. So I did. I got it in on time, and I think it did a good job because they've kept hiring me ever since. The typical. So you almost cost yourself with that typical Irish. Almost, almost cost myself. Like, yeah, like it's it's funny because it didn't happen, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> it could have gone the other way easy. <laughs> so obviously, um, we spoke about Con there, and I know I'll probably ask questions you've been asked tons of times before. So I'm going to throw a bit of a spanner into the works here. Go on. You mentioned cons there, and I know from talking to other artists and writers that comic cons and what happens after can be mental. I know Ron Mars and Andy Lanning met over a few points after a comic con. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever had anything mad or just out of the ordinary happen at a con? I mean, I don't know why. Probably in the early days, um, I've probably tongue kissed too many men in the industry <laughs> I was hammered um, but like not, yeah I can't say anything crazy like you know I mean I definitely had some mad nights afterwards um, uh, I mean like, kind of honestly it's kind of the reason I do cons is because especially say at Christmas time so many people have work to is you don't do that in comics because everybody you know is in their own little bubble at home <laughs> so the nice thing about cons is you basically get to have a work party you know, uh, you know, like say, um, Jeff Parker, you know, who I, I I worked with for like two years. I've only I probably met him five times in my life. Now I've stayed at his house. I've met, you know, I, I I've I know him well, and we spent time together. But um, you know, when you live across, you know, the Atlantic, it's not like you get to hang out all the time. So the cool thing about conventions is sometimes they'll make it over, or you make it over, mm. and you get to. Have to excuse me, um, spend some quality time with people who you work in the industry and, you know, get to compare notes and talk business and, you know, figure out, you know, just kind of un- better understand the industry and other people's experiences. Um, and, you know, if it's done over pints, all the better. Because yeah. um, uh, it's my, that's my uh, uh, natural habitat. There yeah. you go. Or it was until this year, anyway. 
Um, but yeah, no, I can't say. I definitely had mad nights out, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I've heard stories. I would say my generation older, which would be Ron mm. and Dandy. I've heard stories from like those times, just, which sound pretty, pretty uh, out there. But I would say, for as regards my generation, like nothing more than beyond, like you know, just getting a bit too drunk and a bit too stupid. <laughs> Luckily enough, um, I know some like American cons can get mad. Like there was that one with Jason David Frank a while back when someone literally tried to take him out. I have not heard that story. Yeah, um, security and all that to get involved. If I'm remembering right, I think it was about five. Oh, years that's around the green, the, the White Rangers. Yeah. Oh, I think I heard something about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, look, man, I've done so many American conventions and they're fine. You know, like that's an extreme example. But there's so many conventions like or were happening in America every year. So many people at them. I was I did New York Comic Con, I would say, 11 years in a row and never any hassle. Um, uh, You know, and, and that's not the only show I've done in the States. I've done loads more. Um, and, you know, gen- in general, everyone's really, really nice. Like, super nice. Well, uh, have you done San Diego? <laughs> I did a couple of times. I did, uh, myself and Will went over uh, 2007, maybe. Might be off a year or so there. But uh, neither of us, we were both starting out. And, um, yeah, we both had portfolios going over and we both got nowhere. Um, but the experience was amazing. And then I went back again, maybe four or five years ago, and um, it had gotten even it had gotten even crazier. <laughs> like, if there's any crazy show, that's the one. Um, yeah, some of the stuff we'll see there is nuts. But um, uh, and I loved it; it was great, you know. But I haven't gone again since, just because it's so mad and it's so far to travel. Like, it's exhausting, and it's basically a week, you know. Like, you're destroyed. Um, uh, over it like and you know in my job I'm working so much that like to take a week off to go to convention is one thing but then to take a week off afterwards to recover like <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that time but um, I need a really good reason to go again you know yeah. if like if something I did was made into a film or something like that that'd be a reason to go but luckily I'm not an, I'm, I'm, I'm in a position where I, I don't have to traditionally a lot of guys would go to New York to get work to meet editors and try secure work uh, I haven't had that problem um, so far, so I'm I'm lucky. I I'm not in that position, um, so I generally spend San Diego Comic Con at home working. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to have it. <laughs> As it is, it's, it's one Comic Con that I want to get over to in my lifetime because I heard. It's- I, like, I, I'll be honest with you, man. It's it's bonkers. You know, mm. it's really really bonkers. You don't. It's, but I, I think you know everyone should go once. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think you need to, the people who go every year, I don't think it's necessary, but I do think it's a definitely a unique, even New York Comic Con is brilliant. I prefer New York Comic Con personally because I feel like I can be a human there a bit more. But the experience of San Diego is something that everyone should like, should like at least get to have. It's kind of like to me, I always seen it as like the Champions League final, the WrestleMania of comics. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're using two sports things, which are totally going over my head. Well, no, I know what WrestleMania is, um, but but no, yeah, I I would imagine it's the same. It's like it, these are event experiences that are unique, and you know the downside is well, the people you have to deal with, but like the experience will be worth it. You know, yeah. I just don't think you want to keep having that experience, you know, because you might die. But, um, <laughs> but no, I, even people who aren't mad to go to San Diego, I think it's worth going to at least, you know, just to, to actually do it. Yeah. 
Uh, so you mentioned then about you on to cons, you were talking about going and how you got your break. Um, so growing up, you mentioned watching the TV shows as a kid. You were clearly a comic fan. Who were your biggest inspirations or who did you look up to when it came to drawing and illustrating? Do you mean like uh, other creators? Yeah. Or um, Well, I mean, I was, uh, I was a big... Um, for me, it was Andy Kubert, Jim Lee, and... Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Mark Bagley, and um, because they were, well, Andy Kubert was drawing X Men, and it was the X Men comics I was reading, and um, uh, Mark Bagley was drawing Amazing Spider Man, which was the Spider Man book I was reading. I would say also John Romita Jr. Although it's weird, I didn't really like his stuff when I was a kid, but I love it now, um, and I get some comparisons in my work to his these days, which I can, I, which again I didn't see for ages, but I can kind of see it now. Um, but, you know, it was whoever was available. I, I didn't have much access to comics. Um, you know, I didn't. I, I'm from Clare and there was no comic shop near me. So unless my mom was willing to drive me to Dublin to spend the day in Forbidden Planet, uh, that was it. So I was able to, my local news agents was able to get um, X-Men and Amazing Spider-Man. And Panini had started reprinting a lot of the older American comics. So you can get, you see them in Easons and stuff now, yeah. no problem. But I remember seeing the very first one it had an Alan Davis Spider-Man cover with a gold foil. Um, yeah, Spider-Man was the first one. Then they started doing X-Men next. But that was great because you're reading American comics now, but like you've no idea what's going on because it's such this big, huge melodrama. But the reprints were great because it was three comics printed in one edition. So you could start catching up. It's like you're reading a story at two different times. You're reading it now and you're reading it like five years ago. And slowly and surely they'd, they'd catch up. So I was reading the Clone Saga, like the end of the Clone Saga as it was happening and the beginning of the Clone Saga through the reprints. So that was kind of uh, mad. But it was, it was those artists who were my, my, my guys. Like um, As I got older, like my taste kind of very developed and, and, and broadened out. So it would be guys now like um, J.P. Leon, uh, Goran Parlov, Stuart Eminem, like guys that I kind of got into to afterwards. But um, yeah, if I had to go back to like the main three, it would be yeah, Kubert, Lee, and uh, Bagley. I don't know if anybody would see that in my stuff now. I, I see it myself. I can I can see their DNA in it, but I, yeah. I don't know if anybody else would pick up on it. I'm sure um, you've been Marvel comic artist now and going to the convention. I'm sure you've met a few of them people that you looked up to when you were younger. I haven't. I've met Jim Lee, but I haven't met... No, don't be wrong. I've actually met lots of guys who have, like, I met... <laughs> Uh, you know Liam Sharp, who drew my the first X Men comic I ever bought. I've met Alan Davis. I've met like I've met loads of heroes of mine for sure. Uh, but I haven't met Andy Kubert. And I was at a hotel bar next to Mark Bagley. I think he was with his daughter or something. And I I couldn't couldn't do it. Uh, I, I I could have gone up and said hi, but you know I also don't know if he would have known my work at all. Um, I probably would if he did some covers for Thunderbolts when I was working on it. But um, I, I, I don't know. I was just weird about it. I didn't do it. Him and the same, me and, Stan, me and Will were at a party once and we saw Stan Lee at it. And we were like going, oh, we'll go up to him. But, but the two of us were like, ah, no, let's leave him alone. Which we, I think we both regret. I, think yeah. we both wish we'd, we'd, uh, we'd gone up. 
it's that's always the case of myself i was in i don't know if you are familiar with it, the globe uh pub in dublin oh yeah i love the globe yeah i was there one night and uh seeing killian murphy was out oh, yeah. having a few drinks and i kept saying i'll go up and say hello i'll go up and say hello and i never did I mean, yeah, you don't want. I mean, it's different with comic creators, I think, because they they get it way less than someone like Killian Byrne, uh, sorry, Killian uh, Murphy. But uh, I mean, I'd, I'd be like you. I, I mean, I wouldn't want to be bothering anybody. Yeah. But you would want to say, like, you know, love your work. Um, uh, comic artists get it less, so I think they'd appreciate it more. But still, it's it's kind of in your head. It's it's the same way. Um, yeah. I saw. I was actually in the Globe once. And I saw Robert Sheehan, but uh, I just thought he looked like a gobshite. So. <laughs> I mean, he, he probably isn't, but he'd look like one. So I was like, nah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, I definitely, it's, it's, just, it's the same thing. It's not as big a deal, of course, with comic creators. Most are like, I, I got stopped in Dublin town um, right by, what's that, Ray's Burgers. But um, I, yeah, I was walking the street and someone said, are you Declan Shalvey? I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh, I love your work. I was like, all right, thanks. Like that's mad. Like that, that just stuff doesn't happen much. Um, but, uh, but it was you know it was deadly. But I'm sure if you're an actor, like, like, it's probably really really annoying. But I think it's, it's the Irish thing as well. You, like you said, it's just we don't want to bother anyone. And I, I have heard that. I have read news uh, news interviews of people or, or news interviews. I've read interviews of people, uh, actors who say that like they love going to Ireland because they're left alone. And and, I, and that's probably why. Yeah, so TMZ a couple of years ago mate, were taking the piss out of the Irish because Beyonce and Jay-Z were walking through uh, Phoenix Park and nobody's bothering them they're like they probably don't know who they are and someone commented and was like no we just left them the fuck alone yeah yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense because yeah if I, if I saw Jay-Z uh, Beyonce like I, I wouldn't be going up to them for God's sake like you know yeah no no you're, you're right it's, it's not in it's not in the culture like that over here I might that might be changing you know, I, I, I worry sometimes that we're getting so Americanized that that will die out, but it doesn't seem to have so far anyway. I think as well with me, the night with Killian Murphy, the drinks were flowing and I didn't want to have to come out of the globe and have a story for the rest of my life saying I got knocked out by Killian Murphy. <laughs> well, like that's as well as well, yeah, you probably, you probably weren't being as charming. You wouldn't have been as charming as you probably think you were being. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Yeah, um, I've lost my train of thought now. Sorry, I know it crashed me off. Well, um, yeah, you mentioned as well. Um, who was the most famous person you've stayed on their couch? I know you like in terms of writers and artists. Huh. Excuse my couch staying days are well over. Um, who? Ah, uh, would it be Will Sliney? Um, stay in his couch, couch a lot. Um, famous, famous, stay on the couch. Yeah, I'm trying to think who I've. Um, I stayed in Jeff Parker's place. I stayed in. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Probably Jeff Parker. So, I haven't stayed. Yeah, I haven't. St- <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, my brain's just going mad. there trying to think. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be looking to stay on safe, famous pe- pe- people's couches <laughs> anyway. Um, I think I prefer get a fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> Because I wouldn't want to impose. That's why. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh no, Sean. Sean Murphy. I'd say uh, Sean Murphy. I, I slept in his couch many times. Because <laughs> yeah, I just I had to ask the question because uh, Ron and Andy brought up last week about staying on people's couches and how the comic creator community is kind of tight knit when it comes to that. And like you mentioned. Oh, for for sure. Yeah. Mm. Like I mean, like I've stayed. I've stayed a lot. I, I, I'm drawing a blank now just because you put me on the spot. But um, <laughs> I stayed in a lot of people's houses. Uh, 
Um, I just wouldn't get to do it as much because, like, if you're talking about famous people, you're more likely talking about Americans. And if you're talking about Americans, that's harder for somebody from Ireland to do yeah. because it would just be hanging out. But um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'd say Sean's probably the biggest I can think of. Um, so last couple of questions um, like I said earlier you've written tons of characters um, for Marvel you've done Deadpool Moon Knight um, you've done Thunderbolts you've done Dark Avengers Venom and then DC you've done Batman you don't, and- you don't need to tell me what I've done I know what I've done no, I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's the Irish drinking personality coming out <laughs> I wish I wish just tea I'm having here but yeah well all them characters um, and you mentioned earlier some characters you realised you haven't had a go at yet. Who was the one character you'd love to write, draw? Daredevil. Daredevil. Daredevil's always been the one, yeah. Like, um, uh, Batman I'd love to write and draw. I've, but I have gotten to draw Batman, so yeah. I kind of have to, um, you know, I kind of have to, like, take the the, the, the good stuff I've, I've been given and not, and not be ungrateful, you know? <laughs> so, no, I, yeah, I got to do some Batman stuff with Scott Snyder, which was deadly. Um uh, but I would love to write and draw Batman for sure. But that's kind of everybody's answer. Um, I I was a big, as you know, as I was saying, a big um, superhero comics fan. But um, things really changed when I got to read Frank Miller's work. Like so, um, Batman Year One with uh, David Mazzucchelli and um, Daredevil Man Without Fear with John Romita Jr. And like those two books are just they're the bible for me. Um, and I love love Daredevil. I'd love to get to write and draw a Daredevil book. Um, that's my that's my bucket list. Um, I've got to write. I've gotten to write and draw Wolverine. I did that like last month. That came out last month. So like, you know, I'm I'm so lucky that I've gotten to the place where I can actually say there's dream jobs that I've already done, which is kind of mad. I remember being in a pub with Will years ago, saying like, you know, if there's one thing you'd love to do, what would it be? I think I remember saying getting to do a Wolverine book. And I did get to do Wolverine book uh, with the return of Wolverine, but but then I got but like yeah, recently I got to write and draw a Wolverine story. It's mad when the stuff getting to work for Marvel was amazing. Just getting in there, it is my foot in the door. But all the stuff that's happened afterwards has been even more amazing. But um, but if I had a goal like a, a bucket list thing left, it would be to write and draw Daredevil. Like I've turned down offers to draw Daredevil because I want to write and draw. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of holding out for that. Right, well, all the listeners heard it. We need to get this to Marvel and get uh, Declan on yeah, it. Yeah, by all means, a letter writing campaign if they still do, still do those. <laughs> because I know uh, Daredevil at the minute is hot property with the current comic going on. And then the I know the rights for the Daredevil TV show now have gone back to Disney. So it's... Yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, the book itself, I mean, I, there's... I, I don't really follow characters that much. I more follow creators. So if a good, you know, if a good creator goes on an interesting character, I'll I'll get that book. Daredevil is the exception. I get that book all the time, no matter who's working on it. Um, and at the moment, like, it's really frustrating when, because <laughs> it's generally great people on that book. It's generally really great artists and writers. Like so, between Mark Waid and Chris Omni and Paolo Rivera and um, Charles Thold and Ron Garney and Mike Henderson and uh, now Chip Sarsky and uh, uh, what's Mar. Marco Cicchetto, I think his name is. Um, like, amazing teams, you know? So so you can't go, like... It was different with Moon Knight, where nobody really cares, and then we did a Moon Knight book and everybody liked it. The tough thing with Daredevil is, like, there's such a high caliber of people who are continuously working on it. It's not like... You can't make 
you can't do a cool new spin and make a character good when the character is right in the middle of a really great creative <laughs> run. Um, so that's the downside. That would be the downside if I got to do it. But I mean, I've always loved the character, and and it's yeah, he's doing great right now. And I mean, I, and I love the show as well. The show was was savage to see. Um, and there's and there's also so much classic Daredevil stuff you can still adapt. Mm. Is the thing. I think I think like there's not a lot of great. Avengers books to adapt. There's some big noteworthy ones for sure. But just like if you look at like the, the catalogue of Daredevil stories, so much brilliant stuff that you could still uh, work with. So yeah, it would be cool to shall we say I'm still hoping to see him and Spider Man cross over on the big screen. Uh I actually I don't. I actually don't want to see Daredevil cross over with anybody. Um I I just like him in his own dark corner, personally. Um, unless like it's something like Luke Cage or Iron, like the Defenders thing made sense to me because they're all well okay to be fair Spider Man does work in that same same world but um, yeah I don't I don't I don't like Daredevil stories that get too into the Spidey of it all because they kind of become Spidey books you know yeah. um, but he is a great foil for somebody who's so serious to have a Joker come in is always more fun admittedly and um, like yourself mentioned there I was just thinking with terms of comics um, you with Daredevils me with Spider-Man it's I follow creators as well but Spider-Man's the one book I'm always kind of on yeah I mean that's that's fair enough I mean, I mean look don't me wrong I'd love to do a Spider-Man book too I just think Daredevil would suit me yeah. more just the way I like to draw if, if I did a Spider-Man book it would be a very creepy looking book and I don't think that's what people would want to see but you know who knows like, no, I, I definitely think Daredevil I, would suit, like especially like looking at bog bodies and all, is um, and a perfect showing of that. I think. Yeah, like I like I like crime books. I like crime stories. Um, like this is why I like Daredevil is because it's like a crime book in the superhero universe. Um, and crime books, I mean, you know, you draw cities and cars and streets and stuff, which is cool. But like, you generally don't get to draw guys swinging through a city. So that's kind of the cool thing about Daredevil <laughs> is you get to still have that kind of fun. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, he's not going anywhere and, and hopefully neither am I so <laughs> so uh, on that we talked about Bog Bodies we talked about Immortal Hulk Flatline have you anything else kind of in the pipeline um, yeah I uh, what can I talk about nothing actually um, uh, I just got a, a to offered a 10 page short story with a character with a villain character um, similar to the uh, like getting to do like a, a ten-page Wolverine story, this is like a ten-page story with this character. So I'll be working on that next. Um, I have some creator-owned stuff I'm working on, um, all of which will probably come out next year. But it's a bit early to uh, talk about that. Um, so yeah, I got yeah I got stuff in the pipeline. I'm, I'm yeah. I've plenty of work ahead of me, just nothing I can really uh, talk about. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it just um, if, uh, the Hulk fl- the Hulk flatline book would be out at the end of January, uh, January twenty seventh, and I'll have written, drawn, coloured, uh, all that, and I- I'm really proud of it. I-, I just finished it now. I just handed in the lettering draft this week, and I'm, I'm I th- I think it's good. Um, and some friends of mine have shown think it's some of my best stuff. So I'm uh, I uh, yeah I hope it does well. <laughs> so it's a must get for. <laughs> yes, please please get it. <laughs> Um, so we hope, like I said, you stuff in the pipeline. They just can't mention. So we'll, we'll be seeing your name a good bit on some comics next next year. Uh, yeah, well, like yeah, I can definitely say that's true. Because um, it's it's it, it. This has been a weird year. I know with COVID and everything, but um, I did like four issues of a Punisher book that hasn't been published. Um, so I can definitely say I'll have more. I'll have more comics out next year than I did this year. <laughs> 
and hopefully the cons will be back open again next year then um, yeah I mean I, I don't see them back to where they were no. anytime soon like but if they could start if they slowly crawl back next year that'd be nice because uh, I'd like to I'd like to see some friends again <laughs> yeah well sure if they open up again next year and you go to Dublin one I'll be looking for you to sign my copy of Bog Bodies <laughs> uh, well if it's if, if, if as long as ever, but it's weird I remember last year there was one coming up just as COVID was uh, kicking off and there was a big question whether there would, there would or wouldn't be one. I'm glad there wasn't because, you know, all things considered. But I do hope everything is back in a place where we'll be at it again next year. Yeah. You've gone through all my questions I have. I hope uh, it was as enjoyable for yourself as it was for me. Um, yeah. Last Great. thing, any advice for any of young Irish creators or young creators in general that are starting their journey? Yeah, um, I would say uh, do your research, um, look around. There's a lot of comics happening in Ireland that was not happening when I was a kid. Um, there's a lot of there's a great community of of like writers and artists and colorists who you know um, there are great resources are great for advice. But um, but if but I would say that it's it's. It's, it's obvious advice, but it is the best advice. Is um, if you really want to tell comics, uh, just do it. Just just start. Um, people spend a lot of time waiting around for the opportunity, but in my experience, the best thing to do is to make your own opportunities, especially these days. Um, so I would, if I were you, person listening, I would say, uh, write a story, draw it, color it, um, letter it, print it. Take it to comic shops, take it to conventions, put it online, but but make something and make it make it short. Um, I I planned this big X Men book when I was uh, in school, and I drew about forty pages of it, and then gave up. <laughs> like forty pages. If I had just written a forty page story, it would have been finished. Um, but I, you know, my 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 eyes were bigger than my stomach, so um, it's a lot of work. So try and make something succinct. Uh, that you will definitely finish and then you do the next thing the same way and you'll find that you improve, improve, improve faster and faster and then you've all this body of work that people can read rather than random pages to be thrown at people. So, um, yeah, that's the best advice I could give you. Yeah, brilliant. Um, well, look, listen, Declan, thanks for coming on the show and everyone, Bog Bodies is available now and Flatline the 27th of January. So make sure you go out and get your copy. And, yeah, go to a comic shop, pick up Bog Bodies for somebody for Christmas and tell them you want, uh, when you're in there, tell them you want Hulk. <laughs> there you go. Get oh, specifically Hulk Flatline, not just <laughs> Hulk in general. That, that won't be a problem. <laughs> Two birds with one stone. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll a, a lot more of a happy Declan next year to make sure to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, We've been at Superior Comic Show um, and you've been Declan Shelby. I'm sure you'll continue to be Declan Shelby. <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> yeah. And we will see you all next week.